welcome to Glow From Within podcast. I'm your host, Harmony Patton, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, as well as a holistic intuitive healer. I'm a mom of two, a wife to one, and I work with a spiritually inclined, growth-minded, soulful-ass woman who's looking to heal from within and unlock her deepest potential by doing so. If you're looking to make your health, hormones, and gut your superpower, you've come to the right place. This is Glow From Within Podcast. Hello, 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 gorgeous. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I, oh my gosh, I'm already like tearing up because today is my second baby's first birthday. So exactly one year ago today, at this exact time, I was laboring in this exact house, not in this exact spot, because if I were to record this in the bathroom, it would be very echoey. But I thought that I would share my birth story of my second baby, not my first. I wrote a very detailed blog post for my first child, my first son, my first labor. Um, So you can always head to the blog and read that from last time. This time, I don't know that I'll blog about this, but I didn't do a podcast episode last time, and this time I'm feeling like I want to. So literally right now I'm like tearing up because... Let me set the stage for you. First of all, if you were to put on an album in the background to listen to while you listen to this episode, it would be Taylor Swift's Folklore because I didn't make a specific playlist, but uh, the Folklore album came out, I don't know, like a week or two before I gave birth and I listened to it just pretty much nonstop while I was bouncing on the ball. And then during labor, I also listened to it the entire time, except for the very, very end, you know, once I hit transition and then actually, you know, birthed him. So I'm going to be using a lot of birth-related terms. Um, I'll try to just briefly explain what they mean just to give you some context in case you're someone who has never given birth or... um, yeah, just maybe you don't know the terms, so I'll try to make sure you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, you can always use Dr. Google. So, okay. Yeah, so right now I'm listening to the Folklore album on my headphones, and literally like every song that comes on, it just transports me back to the day that I gave birth and that whole time really like leading up to it is such a unique time when I think about it and the whole vibe that existed, you know, like the anticipation of this new person that was about to become a part of our lives. And we just had no idea, you know, before you have the labor, you have no idea what that labor is going to be like. You have no idea who this new person is going to be, how the dynamics of your family is going to change just all of it. There's so much anticipation and 
you know, obviously he's a COVID baby. So we were in a new state, in a new house. There was just so much that was like so unique about that time. And like literally when I listen to this album, when I think back to it, I'm like transported back to the vibe that existed during that time of our life before it's like life before him and then life after him and they're two very different things and so it just really I can't describe what the vibe was but it's a very distinct very unique vibe that I have around what life was then during that time also, both of my kids are upstairs napping right now, so if we get interrupted, it's very possible. And uh, yeah, just putting that out there. So, okay. Now, I'll be completely honest. With this baby, my second pregnancy, I was like so sure that I was going to go into labor early. I was so sure that I wouldn't have to go all the way to 40 weeks and beyond, but um I didn't. I did not go early. And there were so many people that like I follow online and, you know, there were so many people that were due in July of 2020, which is when I was due. Um, So many people and like all of them gave birth early. I swear there was like five, I think five different people that I followed online. We were all pregnant at the same time. They were all, you know, due at varying times in July and like some of them went like two weeks early three weeks early like and I I was here I was sure I was like this is my second baby there's no way I'm going all the way to 40 weeks and then past that and like he was so low he was sitting so so low and I was just I was sure I wasn't gonna have to go that long and then you know 38 weeks ticked by 39 weeks ticked by and I was just like so I was honestly kind of like discouraged. I was just like so ready to to give birth and pregnancy was so tough. It was so challenging and like I was just so, so ready. I was so ready and like it just wasn't happening. Um, so I did get a, mem- my midwife gave me a membrane sweep, which if you don't know, it's kind of like they um, put their finger in and then they separate the membrane from the uterus so they just kind of like sweep their finger around to separate it and it's supposed to help uh trigger labor so we did that at least I think um we did that I think a little bit before I hit 40 weeks like a couple days maybe or maybe it was like the day I hit 40 weeks I don't know anyway um a few days at least before I gave birth and then in addition to that part of the things I did to try to stimulate labor was going for walks of course Um, we also did this thing from spinning babies called the three sisters that I think was insanely effective. So a combination of the membrane sweep, doing the three sisters, the walking, and then also of course sex, because there's multiple reasons that that's important. Actually, um, semen has prostaglandins in it, which is something that they actually use to induce labor in hospitals. So obviously be a much higher dose. But that's a big reason that sex before giving birth is like very effective for helping to induce labor. So to do the three sisters, you do have to get help from your partner. So he helped me to do that. 
my husband did, obviously. Um, and my sister-in-law, who's 16, she's 17 now, but at the time she was 16, um, she was here. So she was really with my older son most of the time. And then, yeah, uh, the night before I gave birth, I was like having some regular-ish contractions after doing the three sisters thing. And, um, you know, I was like kind of getting excited because that was how it started with my first son. It started in the evening at like 10 p.m. And, you know, I was able to sleep through a decent amount of it. And so I was I was excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, finally happening. It's finally happening. And then like it just kind of stopped and pewtered out. And that was it. And then I woke up. I was like, damn it. Damn it. I couldn't get I couldn't get my labor to keep going. So and, you know, I'd been having like contractions moderately regularly I feel like all the time um for like weeks prior to giving birth and I was kind of like that with my first son as well so you know they're just like real contractions it's just not as intense as it gets at the very end like when you're in transition and about to give birth that's like a whole other level of contraction um but for those of you who don't know for both of my children, I did a fully unmedicated at-home birth with midwives. Um, for my first baby, I ended up not giving birth in the water. I did have a, an inflatable pool, but I ultimately gave birth to him on the side of that pool, actually, but on land. And then with this baby, my second, I actually did give birth in the water. Um, and my first labor was 21 hours total. This labor was nine hours total. So let's see. Right now, as I'm recording this, it is 4 p.m. Central on Thursday, July 29th. And literally a year ago at this time was when my labor was like really kicking in. And I think my midwife arrived to our house around four or five. And so I remember... I was doing this, um, oh gosh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like this maneuver that you do to try to help kind of keep labor going to help. Because my biggest thing was I really wanted to move things along. I wanted to help progress things. I wanted to help the baby get down into a good position so that, you know, we could kind of move things along. So I was doing everything to make sure that that would happen. And I knew that doing so, right? Like the thing is when you do a natural childbirth, it's a very active thing. Like it's not, you don't just lay there and then just like, you know, push a baby out. Like you're walking, you're moving, you're like swaying your hips, you're doing circles. And I was on the ball a lot during this labor. I was on the ball during last labor a little bit, but this time I like used it a lot longer on purpose because I was like, I'm going to get this baby into a good position. We're going to keep this labor going. We're going to keep things progressing. We're going to get him out in a good amount of time. We're doing this thing. I, I'm ready. Let's go. So I was doing this maneuver where you kind of, you can do it with a partner or on your own. And it's another thing from spinning babies where you lean back and I was doing it alone. Um, so I leaned on like the wall and it's when you get a contraction, you lean back on the wall, you kind of tuck your pelvis under and then you use your finger, your fingers, you use your hands and you kind of pull your belly up during the contraction and you do some like breathing and you count to 10 or something like that. Um, so I did a bunch of those uh, and you know, the contractions were coming at this point every four minutes. Still very manageable for me because I do um, hypnobirthing. 
So I did that for my first son as well. And, you know, I'll say I'm not, I in a way, I'm almost like a failure at hypnobirthing. Like I use it, I can use it extremely effectively to a point. But once I hit a certain point, it's like I hit a wall and then it's like it all just goes out the window sort of. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I was doing that quite a bit. And then my husband went out and he picked us up some mod pizza. I was hungry during this labor. Uh, I was doing a good job about drinking water. I was peeing often. My first labor, I swear I didn't pee. I didn't eat. I ate at the beginning, but like I didn't eat for a really long time. I didn't drink water for a really long time. I was just like in it. Whereas this time I was like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat, ate mod pizza, drank my water, was bouncing, doing my circles, you know, like four minute, every four minute contractions. We got this. We got this. Um, and so when my midwife had done the membrane sweep days earlier, I was already five centimeters dilated. And again, for those of you who maybe haven't given birth, 10 centimeters dilation is like when you give birth at, at 10 centimeters. So... When she checked me, when she got there, which labor was already like, you know, pretty intense at this point. If you were someone who was giving birth at a hospital, you would have already needed to be at the hospital at this point. You probably would have already gotten an epidural, all of that. So for me, I was pretty good. I was pretty used to this. Um, So she checked me. I was about seven centimeters dilated. Um, Yeah. And then the thing that was (laughs) also kind of crazy, so I have zero pictures from my labor besides the ones that I took of myself like earlier probably around like this time because I was still able to manage the contractions at this point I was still handling it very well I was able to do my breathing techniques through hypnobirthing um listen to my music like I was able to stay in the zone during my contractions they were you know intense surges waves intense but I was definitely able to handle it at this point so um, yeah, my midwife, as I was, you know, in contact with her, she had like a, a 530 interview she was supposed to do. And she was like, hey, so like, should I cancel that? Should I come? I was like, yes, I think I need you to come. And I specifically did that this time because last time I waited way too long to call the midwives. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. And then by the time they came, I was like, oh, I was already fully dilated, fully effaced. So essentially what that means, when you're fully dilated and effaced, it means you're at 10 centimeters dilation and effaced means, it essentially means you're ready to push, like you're fully open, it's time to push. Um, With this one, I didn't want it to go that far. I wanted to have the midwife there for a little while and I did not have a doula. Um, I just had my husband as my birth partner and so... We're texting, and she's like, okay, I'm going to cancel this thing. But also, um, would you be cool with, like, having a camera crew there to <laughs> to uh, record your, your birth? Because I'm supposed to be doing this, like, TV segment thing, and I'm supposed to be meeting with them today. Would, would you want to do that? Would you be interested? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, like, I already feel like my life is already super public, whatever have them come and yeah that was very interesting so I had a person here the whole time who was recording it the thing that's messed up is that I guess because they were recording it we didn't like 
We didn't take any pictures. We didn't take any videos because we we're like, oh, we have these professionals here recording, but we never got the footage. We never got pictures from it. We never got still frames from it. Like, so I have nothing, which is really frustrating to me because I feel like I like let them be here and witness the whole thing. And yet I have nothing from that. Like I have yeah, I got nothing out of it, essentially, except that it was like an added thing where I was like, okay, there's someone here, whatever, which like it was okay. Honestly, I was so in the zone of what I was doing that it was fine. So um, when she got there, you know, I was in the bathroom. I brought the ball into the bathroom because that was my birthing space. I had, you know, set up all this stuff around the tub because the idea was to give birth in the tub. Um, so I had all these like kind of affirmation, the mama natural birthing affirmation cards. I had those all around. I had all of my like birth kit stuff, which if you've never given birth with a midwife, they have you buy a birth kit that has all kinds of like you need a lot to labor and birth at home. There's a lot of stuff. So you have to have all of that in advance. You have to have it all ready. Anyway, so we did. And uh, yeah, folklore was playing, I was bouncing on the ball, doing my circles, trying to get this baby down and into place to come out. Um, she gave us a lot of space, like, you know, her and she also had a birthing assistant and then there was another midwife as well who came a little bit later. She came like when I actually was pushing and giving birth. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, it was definitely intense, but I was I was okay, and then I just remember there was kind of a point where it started to be like, okay, like this is, this is getting to be a little bit too much. Like this is getting to be a little unmanageable. And this was, you know, for me, I think it starts to become unmanageable when you hit transition. And transition typically is when you go from like, it's those last few centimeters of dilation where your body is like getting to a place where it's like, okay, we're ready to push. So transition for almost everyone is the most intense part of birth. And so I remember just hitting a point where I was like, okay, I can't like, I can't bounce on the ball anymore. This is like, it's too much. So I remember lying down on the mats that we had in the bathroom on the floor on my side. I just needed to kind of like rest a little bit. I was starting to get tired and I knew that I had a marathon ahead of me. At least that's how it felt. This total, like my labor was total of nine hours. So it wasn't very long, but I didn't, you know, at the time you don't know how long it's going to be. And I'm thinking back to my first labor where I pushed for five and a half hours, right? Five and a half hours of like giving your absolute all. It's like a five and a half hour workout where you're not just working out, but you're like pushing yourself to the max every minute, right? So um, pushing is a lot, right? It's super like physical activity. It's extremely tiring. So that was what happened last time. And I was like anticipating that, you know, I'm like, oh, I know I have a marathon ahead of me. Let me rest a little bit. So I like laid down, I'm resting. And the contractions were definitely starting to get really intense. And I remember my dog, Addie, who is no longer with us. She died about a month after um, my, my son was born maybe even a couple weeks. I don't even know if she lasted a whole month, but it's we're coming up on a year of losing her also. Um, 
But I remember she just like came into the bathroom and she like jumped on my belly, you know, because I'm lying on my side. She jumped like on top of me, on top of my belly. And my husband was like, you know, Addie, get up, get up. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's fine. I'm like happy she's here and she's with me. She's got me. She's my little moral support, a little six pound Yorkie moral support. And I just remember she like came and laid down. Like she laid down on top of my stomach first, right, while I'm in labor. Um and then just like came on the floor and like lay down with me and it was so sweet, so cute. Um, yeah, that's probably like one of my my big memories from my birth story and giving birth or just like having her there. And my midwife was amazing. Her name's Anissa Sartani. She's here in like Fort Worth. Uh, North Dallas, McKinney area. She's incredible. Her um, practice is called Metroplex Midwifery. So I highly recommend her. She is absolutely wonderful. Such a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful person. And she was truly a great midwife. Like she really respected my wishes and what I wanted. And, you know, she... Yeah, I feel like she just gave me a lot of time and space to do what I needed. And I had birthed before, you know, it's like I knew I knew what I was getting myself into to an extent. But it was almost like, I don't know, it was almost like doing it before made it worse because of like, I started then, once things got really intense and, you know, the contractions, you know, between transition so after being on the floor, it was like, you know, I was starting to hit transition and I got into the tub and I just remember kind of hitting this point where it was like, you know, I said, I was like, when do, like, when do I get to have a break? Like, when can I have a break? This is like, this is too much, you know, the contractions just weren't really letting up the surges, right? So it would surge up and get insanely intense and then it would kind of go down, but it never fully stopped. Like it never fully finished. It wasn't like, ah, oh, relax. And then it's back. It was like it surged up and was insanely intense and then would go down. It would ease a bit and then it would go back up. Like there was no full break for, I mean, I don't know how long, but definitely for a little while. Um, and this is while I was in the tub, you know, and I was just like, you know, I'm like, please, when do I get to have a break? And I think, you guys, like, after this birth, honestly, I felt really disappointed in myself because I felt like I wasn't the person that I wanted to be for this birth. Like, I wanted this, I wanted so much out of this birth for myself and for my baby. I wanted to be a better birthing woman. I wanted to get through it without flipping the fuck out. I wanted to get through it without it being this insane, painful, terrible. I mean, I shouldn't say terrible, not terrible, but like, you know, my first birth, it was like I had this goal and I knew I needed to do this and I was so committed and so determined to give birth in this way. I never even thought about transferring to the hospital. I never thought about an epidural. I never thought about anything else. It was just pushing five and a half fucking hours and I never once thought about doing anything differently but with this one it was like once things got really intense I was like I don't want to do this straight up 
I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Like, I just don't. I don't want to do this right now. I want to I want to go to the hospital. I want to get an epidural. I want like I want not this. I don't want to do this right now. I'm done. Like I don't want to do it. I have zero desire to get this child out of me right now. I just don't want to do it. Like I quit. You know, it's like hands up, I quit. But you have no fucking choice, right? Like it's not an option. For where I was in my labor, there was no way that I could have transferred at that point, right? I think I gave birth probably like 10 minutes after that, if that, you know? And it's just like, but it just got, it just gets so intense and it's like, it's out of your hands. There's nothing that you can do except to surrender to it. Like there's no stopping it. There's no escape. There's no like, there's no not doing it once you get to this point, right? So... It's just like, yeah, it just, it got, it got hard. It got really hard. And I wanted, I so wanted this like beautifully, like peaceful birth, you know, like I watched so many beautiful, positive births where it was like these women, I felt like they were just like conquering the fuck out of labor. And like, for me, I just feel like I couldn't handle it. And honestly, like, it was extremely disappointing. I was so disappointed in myself. Like, I just, I wanted so much more for myself. I thought that I had learned so much from my first labor that I could bring that into this one and make this one different, you know, make this one better. And yes, this one was shorter. It was shorter, but I don't know that it was better. Because the intensity, the intensity was still there. The pain was still there. Like the heartache and the struggle of it was still there. It was still so much, you know. And then on top of that, I was bringing into it. I did so much to try to clear any fears from my last birth and like anything that was possibly in there from my last birth. But I didn't even realize sort of like the birth trauma that lived inside of me from my first birth and nothing really nothing wrong sort of happened with my first birth it's just you know pushing five and a half hours and doing that and like it was just so intense and so much and I guess it was birth trauma to an extent because it definitely like once my labor hit a certain point and you know so I'm in the tub and you know pushing whatever and then it was like it hit this point where my midwife, which was like technically the second midwife, Jessica, who works with Anissa, she, you know, was like, oh, why don't you switch positions and bring this leg up? And I did that. And I remember just like switching and being like, oh, fuck. Like, oh my God. Like, it's just so crazy. If you haven't given birth or if you've given birth, you know, with like medicated with an epidural, like it's just the pure insanity of what happens in labor, like it is animalistic. There's nothing like it. It's just purely fucking insane. It is fucking insane. It's so intense. Like with my first son, I remember being like, that was the most life affirming thing I've ever done. Like 
I've never felt that alive before. With this one, it was like, I like, I don't know. Mentally, I will say, for this pregnancy, my second pregnancy, I was not in a good space. I definitely had depressed, like I definitely was depressed here and there for a good chunk of it, honestly. I had a lot of hopelessness, a lot of, you know, just a lot of challenging thoughts, this pregnancy, you know, it was a rough one for sure. And I was very emotional and I just, it was more of a mental emotional thing that I was like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. Like I didn't believe in myself this time, even though I did it last time. And last time I didn't question myself, but this time it was like, anyway, so I got to the point where it was time to push and I pushed only for five minutes this time you know he came out in like three pushes so last time my water wouldn't break which was a big piece of it this time I think with like my first or second big push my water broke and the thing that was interesting was that it was like my water broke and then there was almost like a second bag of water that broke so my uh midwife was was saying she that possibly at one point it might have been a twin pregnancy and one might have absorbed the other like I don't even know I don't even know we don't we don't know but it was very weird so it's almost like I had sort of like a bag of water and then almost like a second ish bag of water that was in there and that's like your amniotic sac by the way so that happened in the water and then once I can't remember if it was like with that push that his head actually came all the way out. You know, oh my gosh, the thing that's crazy is like I anticipated it being so different because with my first son, like there was such a long time of his head going like into the birth canal and like coming out and then going back in and out and back in and out and back in. And it's like we did that for so long. And with this one, it was literally like, yeah, one or two pushes to get his head out for my water to break and then to like get his head out. But I will say like, I had, I think, honestly, I had, like, an episode of disassociation because it's very weird. Like, as I was starting to crown, which means, like, as the head was starting to come out, I literally was, like, I said out loud, like, no, 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 no. Like, I didn't want it to happen. Like, I didn't want to push him out. I didn't want him to come out. I was fucking terrified. And yeah, it's just like the whole thing when I think back to it is such a weird, like the vibe around giving birth was so weird. Like I I think I just honestly kind of disassociated a little bit. Like I still felt it. I was still, I don't know. It was very strange. It was almost like I was in disbelief and I wasn't there, and I didn't know that it was happening, but I knew it was happening, and I was doing it, obviously. It was very, very, very strange. Um, Yeah, so his head came out, and then next push, got the rest of him out, and, you know, put him on my chest, and I just remember being like, so confused because he had red hair (laughs) and I was like what how did this happen who are you right because before they're out even though the baby's in there and you feel them moving like they're just like a theoretical being right they're hypothetical and then 
all of a sudden you have this human on you. And, you know, I think at the time, like, I don't, he was so quiet too. Like he, he didn't really cry. He was just, I remember just having him on me and being like, how, how did this happen? Like, did I just do this? Like, am I done? And he's here. Like, I, I was just like confused and I couldn't believe that it was done and I couldn't believe that I had done it. And yeah, it's like this weird thing where it's like I almost disassociated from the fact that I did it, right? Like I felt disappointed in myself after giving birth naturally. <laughs> like it was very strange, you guys. So different from my first birth where like as soon as he was out and I had him like and he looked up at me and he was crying and I was just like hi I remember just introducing myself to him being like hi you know like I'm your mommy and oh my god but with this birth like emotionally like I was just in such a strange place like I remember just looking at him and just like being in disbelief like who are you you little ginger baby like I don't I don't know who you are um yes then we rubbed his back you know and he also uh had some vernix on him which is like that cheesy it looks like cheese sort of stuff on his skin so he was like so soft and like oh my gosh he just such and just like such a little angel like I don't know he just was there and was like so I can't even explain it his presence like his whole life you know his presence honestly has been really healing for us and my whole experience of having him and everything it's just been so different. Such a huge contrast between my first child and my second child. My first birth and my second birth. I would not say my second birth was any easier at all. It was shorter. I'll say that. But like, you know, I really went into it hoping it'd be easier. And I think you hear faster and you automatically think easier. But in a way, it was more intense and it was so hard. It was so challenging. And I remember after the fact, you know, like my sister-in-law being like, yeah, like you did it. You did it. And I was just like, I guess so. Like I almost felt like I couldn't even take the credit for doing it. Like because I just felt so much like guilt and shame around the fact that I felt like I didn't want to do it. Like, yes, I did it, but like almost like it wasn't I didn't do it of my own vocation. Like I just did it because I had no other choice and it just happened. It almost like it was something that happened to me versus me having done it. Like I didn't, I don't know, it was weird. It was weird. Um, but yeah, that little baby, he is the funniest little kid. He... 
just makes me smile. Like when I think about him as a little baby. He was way more attached to me than my first son, actually. Like he did a lot of cluster feeding in the early days. He just loved his milk. He was on my boobs nonstop. Um, such a magical little baby. You know, he's our little, I don't know, our second little miracle, you know. And as a mother, and especially as a mother who, you know, dealt with infertility and has PCOS and didn't know if I'd ever even be able to have kids, it's like, oftentimes I feel inadequate and I feel like I don't deserve them either of my kids you know I don't feel good enough to have them I don't feel like I deserve them like I'm worthy of them and you know sometimes I even wonder if like did God make a mistake was I supposed to stay infertile you know, that was that was what originally happened. I got diagnosed with PCOS, wasn't supposed to be able to have kids, but here I am. I beat the odds and I did so much work to heal so that I could. And I still oftentimes feel like I'm failing as a mom. And I think especially with this baby, again, because during the labor I had feelings of not wanting to do it, of wanting to give up, throwing in the towel, not wanting to push, not wanting to go through transition, not wanting to do any of it, just not wanting to do it. Oh, I mean, I felt so bad. Anyway, I did have, uh, I had a session with, um, with someone who does a lot of coaching around like birthing and shadow work and stuff. Um, you know, and she talked to me about having me, like, rewrite my birth story. And so in that moment, you know, where I was crowning and I literally said no. Like, no, no, no. Like, it didn't want to come out. Um, to, like, rewrite that for myself. So to rewrite it and go through the memory again. But in that moment, having me say, like, yes, 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 yes. Um, because obviously... You know, I'm happy that I have him. I'm happy that I did it. Okay, sorry about that. My son wanted to come in. Uh, he's awake from his nap, so I got to wrap this up. But I wanted to share my birth story. And, you know, there's a lot more that I could share, you know, about getting my placenta encapsulated and all the things after birth. And, yeah, but I had no complications. Um you know, no excessive bleeding. Honestly, I feel like my body was a rock star this time and I healed really quickly. Like, that's one thing about maybe a second baby. It's like your body knows what to do now. It's done this before. Um, so it bounced back. It's interesting. Not in the sense of like, oh, I lost weight and I looked exactly the way that I did. But I felt like... Um, I was mobile a lot more quickly and I healed a lot more quickly versus the first time where, you know, I had to have surgery afterwards. I had to have a DNC um, because I was bleeding and wouldn't stop bleeding. And I had like, a, anyway, I had to have a bunch of stuff the first time around. This time, 
no complications, literally just gave birth in my bathtub, was able to stay home. From there, we moved to our bed and got to experience the magic of having a newborn again. Okay, in case you didn't hear my son saying mommy, I really do need to go now. And I'm, you know, honestly, I've really been struggling with motherhood recently. I've essentially become a full-time mom. And I'm not going to lie, it's got me pretty depressed being a full-time mom. I don't, I don't have it in me, you guys. Like, I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the gumption for it. I become a terrible person. I like, especially when my self-care slips, you know, like when I don't have the time, take the time to journal, meditate, like to do the things that I need to do to feel good within myself, to take care of myself. Barely, like I barely eat, I barely shower, I barely do anything for myself right now. And it's not even that I can't find the time or make the time to do it. I just like, I'm in such a bad space right now. And I'm really struggling as a mother my husband has this new job and he's working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I'm doing everything alone right now and it's tough. So even me trying to sit and record a podcast episode is a huge deal right now. So I hope you guys appreciate this episode. I hope it means something to you. And, uh, you know, this past year of having two kids has been... Honestly, the vast majority of it has been amazing. Minus like the past three months, which has been possibly the most challenging of my entire life. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll do like a year in review or something. I don't know. But thank you guys for being here. I love you all so much. I hope you know how much you mean to me. And I'm sorry for being a wildly imperfect human. Um, yeah, I've been in a really tough spot. So I don't know what else to say besides that. But I hope this episode speaks to you. And I hope that I can be a better mom. All right. Love you guys. Hey gorgeous, thanks for tuning in today. I'm so happy that you took the time out for yourself to be here to listen to today's episode. You are amazing. So make sure you connect with me outside of here. But before you do that, I need to ask you a favor and that is to subscribe to this podcast. Now, when you subscribe to this podcast, when you leave a review in your podcasting app, whether you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, when you do that, that is how the podcast grows. That's how I get visibility. That is how this thing can keep going, how I can continue to do this work. It'll only take a little bit of your time and I would super duper appreciate it. Obviously, only if the episode speaks to you, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. If you feel like it could help somebody else, tell them about it. Word of mouth, it's magical. Now. Once you've done that, if you've already done that, let's connect outside of here. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. You can always just put in Ethereal Beings Wellness and you should be able to find me. I would love to connect with you, love to get to know you better. And yeah, I just find it really fun. I don't like just feeling like I'm sitting here talking to myself all day. I know that there are people out there listening and I'd love to get to know you. So let's connect. If you're not feeling any of that, that's okay too. I still appreciate you. And I'm just happy that you're here 
doing the thing for yourself. So I will see you on the flip side. Truly, I'm humbled to be here with you. So honored. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And let's co-create together. See you in the next one. Over and out.